Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, are you ready for some high school football? It is week number one of the new season, and we'll get a complete preview of the first Friday night under the lights. Also, Findlay head coach Stefan Adams will talk about preparing the Trojans for the upcoming season and tonight's kickoff against Anthony Wayne here on WFIN. It's the final weekend before city school students head back to class. We have what you need to finish out your last minute prep ahead of day one on Tuesday. And we have more fun and easy recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, August 19th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate, as if the first Friday night football games are not enough of a reason to celebrate, it is Black Cow Root Beer Float Day, International Bow Day, International Orangutan Day, National Aviation Day today, National Hot and Spicy Food Day, National Potato Day, uh, National Sandcastle and Sculpture Day, National Soft Serve Ice Cream Day, World Photo Day, National Men's Grooming Day, and National Kool-Aid Day. So, reasons to celebrate today. A plenty. So, <laughs> this is big This is big stuff here. Definitely worth uh, mentioning right out of the gate. One of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This jumped out at me. Uh, Forbes is out with their list of the most spoiled dogs by state <laughs> which which states spoil their dogs the most and uh, New York and New Jersey are right up there at the uh, top of the list it's a national study that used metrics like money spent on care frequency of home cooked meals you ever make a home cooked meal for your dog my dog occasionally will get a home cooked meal uh, just in terms of leftovers off my plate, but uh, actually home-cooked meals for your dog. Uh, vacation inclusion was one of the things they looked at. Do people take their pets with them on vacation? Clothing and accessories purchased for their dog, and even birthday parties for pups. Have you ever had a puppy birthday party? So New York was number one in the U.S. in terms of spoiling their dogs, 59% of uh, pet owners, dog owners in the Empire State sport. Uh, 59% of uh, New York dogs sporting outfits and accessories. 25% enjoying walks in strollers. <laughs> now that I have seen people do, walking their dogs around in a stroller. Um, over half of New Yorkers said that they spent more on their dog's health and grooming than on themselves. Um <laughs> New Jersey, number five, uh, 40% of Garden State dogs get birthday parties. Other states with the most spoiled dogs include California, Pennsylvania, and Washington State. I don't know where Ohio fell on that list, but uh, just kind of interesting. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, grooming uh, and, and so on for your uh, dog, uh, do you know how often you should uh, bathe your dog? Uh, here is the scoop on pet hygiene, according to veterinarians. You should bathe your dog every one to three months, 
to keep parasites at bay. If your dog has health issues or is a working dog, they may need to be bathed more frequently. Hairless dogs may need to be bathed as much as once a week. Uh, Brushing your dog every couple of days and rinsing them off between baths can help maintain in-between washes. So you don't have to wash them all the time, just hose them down every now and then. Uh, If your dog is scratching more often or has matted fur, then that is a good sign. It is time for a bath. So, just I thought I saw that, and I thought that kind of goes with that. So, uh, some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Friday morning started. Um, the, The national, and this is perfect for a Friday, the National Tax Agency in Japan, the National Tax Agency in Japan, uh, has come up with a, a great way of addressing addressing fiscal concerns in that nation. They've got a money problem. They need to uh, raise revenue uh, for the state. And uh, they have decided that a perfect way of doing that is by encouraging people to drink more alcohol. <laughs> they are particularly targeting young people. Officials are running a competition called Saki Viva that encourages people between the ages of 20 and 39 to come up with business plans that can help reinvigorate Japan's drinking culture, which took a sobering decline, no pun intended, during the pandemic. Although Japan never went into a full national lockdown, the sale of alcohol was banned in restaurants at one point, and while people did hit the bottle at home, the total level of drinking dropped drastically, and that hurt the coffers. Uh, in Japan, and uh, uh, critics of the uh, so they they want to in- encourage people to drink more and get get that revenue back up. Critics of the competition, which seeks to revitalize the liquor industry with in uh, inventive ways to get people to drink, uh, critics complain that it disregards public health in pursuit of tax revenue. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Isn't that the the way the world works? I mean, honestly, let's. Oh, <laughs> uh, by the way, if um, again on a related note, I saw this uh, from Great Britain. Scientists there have found a solution to mass alcohol consumption. If you're among those who think we just drink too much uh, in human society today, they have found a solution. To mass alcohol consumption, use smaller glasses. <laughs> All right. A study conducted in the United Kingdom involved 260 households, each one consuming a minimum of two 750 milliliter bottles of wine per week. So your standard wine bottle. The uh, researchers provided some participants with larger glasses and others with smaller wine glasses to test a theory. And the study revealed that those who had a lower, that people had a lower alcohol intake when they used the smaller glasses. Uh, 6.5% less wine consumed by those individuals than what they would normally consume. So 6.5% when you just have smaller glasses. That's a little like saying, if you want to eat less, eat smaller portions. Well, duh. 
But again, the the counter idea was that smaller glasses wouldn't make a difference. People just drink more glasses. But apparently that is not the case. Um, Also, those who cut back to a 375 milliliter wine bottle. So a smaller wine bottle consumed uh, 3.6% less alcohol than they would drinking from a standard size wine bottle. So smaller bottles, smaller glasses, less alcohol consumption. Uh, Researchers stated that wine is the most popular alcoholic beverage in Europe, but is consumed more often at home than in public places like bars and restaurants. So, kind of interesting. Okay. A couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning. (laughs) Russian President Vladimir Putin is uh, back in the uh, headlines. Um like in Japan, they've got this uh, problem with uh, declining revenue from alcohol sales. Uh, in Russia, they've got a problem with just a declining population. Apparently, Russia uh, currently has about 145 million people, but the population continues to decline. And they're worried that maybe one day there might not be any Russians left. And so Vladimir Putin is bringing back an idea from the Soviet era for women who have 10 children or more. The Moscow Times reports that the Russian president is bringing back the Mother Heroine Award, which was established by Joseph Stalin in 1944 when the Soviet Union lost about 26 million people during World War II. The award is given to Russian women who give birth to 10 or more children. And women who qualify will receive an award of about $16,000. $16,000 for having 10 children or more. I don't know. I think you could not pay me enough to have to. <laughs> I mean, that ain't nearly enough to convince me to have 10 children or more. I don't know about Russian women. I know, you know Russians are much poorer than we are in this country, but still... Uh, you'd have to you'd have to jack that up quite a bit more, <laughs> I would think. <laughs> Ten children or more, and you get sixteen grand. Wow. <clears throat> of course, it'll cost you like two million dollars to raise all of those kids. But uh, and uh, lastly, among the first things you need to know on this Friday morning, think about this for a while. I'll leave you with these numbers and let you mull this over here this morning. According to a new survey, the modern person, the modern individual in the digital age leaves behind an online trail of 9,828 photos, 10,811 social media posts, and 126 email addresses over the course of their lifetime. Think about that. Uh, They say the average person shares over a third of their life online. 36% of our lives spent shared online. Nearly 10,000 photos, nearly 11,000 social media posts, 126 email addresses over the course of our life. Wow. And of course, all of that uh, is, is still viewable after we pass on to the great beyond, because what's online lives there forever. But think about it. Um, researchers found that the average adult 
shares 276 posts on Instagram, 170 posts on Facebook, and 141 tweets every year. That amounts to 17,369, 10,680, and 8,911, respectively, over the average lifetime. Wow. 17,000 Instagram posts, 11,000 Facebook posts over our lifetime. Uh, Currently, you are also probably juggling at least two email addresses for personal and work purposes, so most people have at least two. The average adult has two active emails, and they are most likely overflowing with junk mail since the average person also signs up for more than 500 mailing lists in their lifetime. So think think about that this morning. That is an awful lot of online activity. That's... Man, this is mind-boggling. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly to mostly sunny skies are expected again today with a high of 84. Just a few clouds tonight, a low of 65. It's back to school time and safety officials are reminding drivers to start watching out for school buses and school kids and to follow all state laws. Finley Police Officer Brian White. Kids are notorious for not really paying attention sometimes, so we really need to uh, look out for them and make sure that they're safe because I do hear a lot of these stories of kids being struck by vehicles near or around a school bus. He says a driver who fails to stop for a school bus that's loading or unloading students can be fined up to $500 and have their license suspended for a year. The first day for students in Finley City Schools is Tuesday. The final two defendants in the Stonefolds hazing death case at BGSU learned their fate and both will be serving some jail time. Folds died of alcohol poisoning after being hazed at a fraternity initiation event back in 2021. Foltz's big, Jacob Crin, was found guilty of hazing, obstruction, and failure to comply with alcohol laws. He'll spend 42 days in jail. Troy Henriksen, he was also sentenced to 42 days in jail and will be on house arrest after his release. Six other defendants were sentenced earlier this summer. I'm Yolanda Harris. The Supreme Court of Ohio has ruled that federal law prevents enforcement of an Ohio law against trains blocking railroad crossings. The state Supreme Court says that all charges should be dismissed against CSX transportation over trains blocking tracks. In a written opinion, the court says federal law prevents enforcement of an Ohio law against trains blocking railroad crossings for more than five minutes. And the ruling has the sheriff of Seneca County concerned. Fred Stevens says this is going to affect not only the regular traffic flow, but their law enforcement and fire and EMS responses as well. Get more on the website. The Friends of the Finley-Hancock County Public Library will be holding a special bag sale. Bargain hunters can stop by the bookseller, the used bookstore on the lower level of the library, to purchase books from the Friends collection. People can come and fill a bag with their choice of selections for only $3 a bag. Get more details on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So NFL news yesterday, um, apparently uh, the league and Deshaun Watson's legal people have agreed on an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine for the uh, Browns quarterback for his bad behavior violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy. 11 games. 
which would mean that he would not be eligible until like mid-December, I think it is. The first game that he could potentially be back under that plan would be against the Houston Texans, which of course Deshaun Watson previously played for. I don't know if that uh, had anything to do with the decision to, you know, make it 11 games where they're looking at the schedule and saying, oh, this would be an interesting return. What I don't know, uh, and maybe this has been reported, I didn't really look that closely at all of the uh, reports, but will he be able to work out and practice with the team during his suspension or will he be prohibited from like even entering the building? That's what I, I think would be interesting to know because if not then it might turn into a de facto longer suspension because you got to think 11 weeks out, uh, 11 weeks away from a brand new team where you're trying to learn a new system and get used to, you know, a bunch of new teammates and all of that. uh, You got to think that he would not be ready to go immediately after coming off suspension. He'd probably need an extra week or two uh, of practice. You would think, I don't know, but uh, he may actually end up being out longer than that, depending on how soon he can get back to practice. So we'll see how it plays out. But apparently that's the deal. 11 uh, games uh, is the uh, compromise. The league had wanted uh, a full season. And of course, the initial uh, ruling was six games. So this is the compromise. But enough about that. Let's talk about pure football. Uh, Gridiron at its greatest. High school action kicks off tonight, week number one under the Friday Night Lights, and our John Marshall has a complete preview of the first week of the high school football season around the area. I'm John Marshall with this high school football preview. High school football opens in earnest tonight with a host of non-conference games. Nine Blanchard Valley Conference schools open play tonight. Corey Rawson will battle traditional rival Bluffton at home on Spikeberry Field. New Hornet coach Troy Corkate is cautiously optimistic about his team's fortunes this season. There is some optimism there. No juniors, so we're going to be really relying on our senior class to get these young guys going. We got about seven, eight seniors, so those guys are going to play a big role, and then after that, you young bucks really got to step up this year. Also on the slate is Harden Northern at Arcadia, Paulding at Dockcaster Field in Arlington, Elmwood hosts Van Buren in what is planned to be a BBC matchup come next year, Macomb goes to Galleon, Riverdale visits Colonel Crawford, and Van Loo makes the bus trip to Ridgemont. In a battle of recent BBC departure and one that has one foot out the door, Liberty Benton makes a visit to Lipsick. I'll be on hand with my broadcast partner Don Masters for play-by-play on WKXA tonight with pregame starting around 6.35. The Finley Trojans go to Anthony Wayne for a battle that will become a league contest next season when the Trojans make the move to the Northern Lakes League. Findlay lost a lot to graduation a year ago, but that hasn't phased second-year head coach Stefan Adams. I think after last year, we did some things. We figured some things out as time went on. This year, we want to figure those things out a little quicker, and I think being able to have a full offseason with the guys, uh, we did just that. You can hear all the action from White House with Tim Montgomery and Cliff Height on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Other games of note include the season opener for the defending Division VI state champion, Cary. Hopewell Loudon is the only team to beat Cary a year ago, and they again open the season, but this time on the Blue Devils' home turf. Cary coach Jonathan Mershman. 
they're going to come out ready to go. They got their big running back back this year, and, and he's a load. I expect them to want to come out and run the ball and be very physical at the point of attack. Ottawa Glendorf is at home as they host Eastwood tonight. New voice of the Titans, Doug Derliott, will have the call on our sister station, 106.3 The Fox. Once again, it's Finley at Anthony Wayne tonight with pregame at 6.30 on WFIN and Liberty Benton at Lipsick at 6.35 on 100.5. I'm John Marshall, WFIN Sports. Our coverage of the first week under the Friday Night Lights tonight begins with tonight in high school football right after the 6 o'clock news. That'll be followed, of course, by the Trojans at Anthony Wayne. And Finley head coach Stefan Adams is with us this morning. Talk a little bit about preparing his Trojans for the upcoming season and tonight's uh, kickoff, tonight's season opener. Coach, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, are you ready for uh, for this now? Are you ready to kick off the season? I'm excited. I'm excited for just, you know, everything, right? Like the the fall, uh, obviously we're heading back to school and, you know, get back into a routine. And, uh, you know, when I get back to school, I always feel like football is here too. So, <laughs> no, we're, great we're, time super, of the we're year. super excited. It is a great time of the year. We're super excited. The kids are excited. I feel the community, family members, uh, teachers, everybody involved uh, is excited for the start of it all. I wonder, uh, you know, when I ask if you're ready, um, there's actually a, that's not just kind of a throwaway type of uh, question. The past couple of years, uh, the season actually is, has started a, a week earlier because of the expanded playoffs. How does that impact the way, you know, I mean, obviously a little less time to get ready for uh, the opening weekend? Yeah, uh, obviously it's an adjustment, but I mean, I think, you know, everybody's in you know the same boat, so it's really just kind of looking at your schedule, you know, how you do things in the off season to make sure that uh, you're as prepared as you possibly can be. You know, a lot of our kids do a lot of things in the summertime. So it's, you know, it's us kind of finding out when's the, the good time to do our, get our camp days in, mm-hmm. you know, how we get some of this stuff done during the springtime as well too, with kids playing baseball track and, uh, and so forth and yeah. travel, um, you know, so it's really a balancing act. Um, but at the same time, it really forces, us as coaches to be, uh, you know, organized and uh, figure it out for the kids. So I think we did a great job this summer of prepping them for that. And I I like where we're at right now. A little bit different, of course, for you coming into this season, because you do have that full off season. uh, Different different from last year where, uh, you know, new coach, new system, trying to implement all of this. This year going in, you know the players, the players know you, and all of that has got to make it a lot easier as compared to last year. Yeah, 100% right. I mean, you know, the, the thing about last year was, you know, I did, I was an assistant here, obviously, a couple years before, so mm-hmm. I, I knew the seniors, um, I, I knew the high expectations that, that they had for themselves and that, you know, really that, that people had for the program and that group. So really it was more about just getting them where they got to be you know, those guys have had four coaches in four years from yeah. freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. You know, so really it was trying to just create buy-in, right? Like, obviously, I'm doing something different. You know, uh, they know me, but I- I'm in a different seat. Uh, right. So really trying to create that buy-in, and-, and we figured it out for those guys, which was awesome to see. And then coming into this full off season, you know, last year, I always say we bought the property last year. You know, this year, you know, we're we're building a strong foundation and making sure there aren't any cracks in that foundation. So... This is one of those years where it's really going to set the tone for us for 
the future. Um, and I'm super excited about the work that we did this offseason. Some holes to fill uh, coming into this season, some uh, talent. Uh, of course, you lose every year to graduation. Talk about uh, some of the most significant places where you're going to need new, uh, new faces to step up. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, there's no secret, you know, to our success last year when we started really ripping the ball around and getting it to our skill players on the outside. You know, we had five senior receivers that we really rotated um, and, and gave opportunities to get the ball in their hands. And those guys are pretty dynamic. I mean, you're talking about Ben Ireland, who's at Grand Valley State. You're talking about um, Terion Ross, who's at Ohio Northern right now. You're talking mm-hmm. about Max Roth playing basketball at Finley, Justin Roth playing football at Finley. You know, Trace Robinson was a base kicker, baseball player, did everything for us. I mean, these are guys that are playing and doing things now at the next level. So, you know, wherever you go, no, the level doesn't matter. These are talented kids that we lost yeah. and guys that made a lot of big plays and they have a lot of, you know, stories and history uh, in the Finley books. So, um, obviously, we got to replace those skill guys on both offense and defense. Um, and I think we have some young, eager guys and some guys who are looking for their chance and their time as a senior to step up, they're ready to go. So, you know, we're super excited to see what they can do in the bright lights. Uh, Given that you are replacing a number of those uh, players, especially the skill positions, if you could pick any team to open up against, uh, Anthony Wayne uh, is the perfect uh, first opponent because they too are filling an awful lot of holes. I think I heard the other day they've got four total starters, both offensively and defensively from last year back four. So <laughs> there's a, there's another yeah. team that's uh, similarly rebuilding. So that would be the team that you want to, you want to open with uh, some uh, as yet unproven players in game situations. Yeah. I mean, they, they obviously had a great senior class, but I think that's a sign, you know, really if anything, that's a sign of a really good program, right? Um, you know, my hack goes off and, and a lot of respect goes to coach Brungard and what he's doing there. You know, you talk about when you lose that many seniors, that means because your program is rolling. Because yeah. in our reality, when your program is really flourishing, your seniors mixed in with some juniors are playing varsity football. Your sophomores are playing JV and your freshmen are playing freshmen. So, you know, big hats off to him. He's got that program rolling. Um, you know, yeah, they got some unproven guys and we're kind of all in the same boat. Uh, but as far as the program goes, this is a great first game for us because they do what they do and they do it extremely well. And it'll kind of be, where do we fit? You know, how can we prove ourselves right from all the hard work that we did in the offseason? So we're, we're super excited to go against a very good team and also a very good program right now. When you look down the schedule, what are the big games that you circle uh, over the next 10 weeks? Yeah, the ones that are in front of us. I mean, and that's right now Anthony Wayne. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've really... But I've really been proud of the guys. We've really talked about kind of really enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, don't wait, do it now. It's kind of been something we talked about. It's been a theme this week. Don't wait, do it now, right? Like, just don't wait to be great. Don't wait to give your all. Do it today, you know? And the kids have really done a great job of week by week, day by day. It's just truly being, been about getting better at that moment. So, you know, we really, you know, I know the schedule because I had to organize it and go over it a million times. Mm-hmm. But as far as like our kids and as far as how we approach it as a staff and a program, it is literally just day by day. So I know we, we play Anthony Wayne this week. We prepared for him. But I really feel like the guys have been just focused on how do we get better today. And um, when people would say, hey, are you guys ready to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I'm like, listen, I, I, we, we will be. But yeah. right now we're, we're ready for practice today. 
And then obviously here we are on game day. We're ready for game day today too. So one we've step, just been living in the moment. One step at a time, one day at a time. I do, yeah. I, I do yeah. want to ask you, I do want to ask you about this, uh, not so much for your program, but just uh, with the high school football mindset uh, in general, because you're going to get one game in before the kids are actually back in school. Some of the yeah. uh, county schools are going to get uh, maybe three games in before yeah. they uh, head back to, to class. How is that different? I mean, is it good uh, for the the team? I mean, is, is do you notice a difference once the kids are actually back in school, back in the full swing of things? Does that translate uh, to practice and, you know, game time Fridays, that kind of thing? Yeah, I would say just really, you know, first and foremost, I mean, we, we, we appreciate it because you know, you do have a little more time, a little more, I wouldn't say freedom is the word, but I'd say we have a little more time to kind of, you don't have that, you don't have that, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say stress, but you don't have the weight of like, you know, school and other things going on. You really can kind of focus on just the task at hand or the task that's in front of you. So that part is nice, of course, but then it's also good to get the kids back into a rhythm, you know? Um, yeah. To make sure as coaches, it's kind of funny. I look back and I used to get so mad at coaches when they'd wake me up when we didn't have school, but we had a game <laughs> or practice. And I'd be like, what are they doing? But, you know, like to get them up, to make sure they're getting breakfast in their, in their systems, to make sure they're getting rolling, just to get back into that, yeah. that you know, just that routine, I think is, is also very healthy for kids as well, too, right? Um, I think the summer is a great time. I think the time that we had to play a game without having school to start off has been a great time as well, too. But I think it's also good to get back and be around. Uh, amongst your other peers as well because you know it's not just about football you know it's not just about sports and athletics it's also about just being around other people and being mm -hmm. around your your classmates and so forth so um it, it brings that new light into it as well too again uh, trojan head coach stefan adams with us uh, this morning Coach, best of luck tonight against uh, Anthony Wayne. Again, uh, airtime for our coverage begins with tonight in high school football just after the 6 o'clock news and uh, kickoff right around uh, 7 o'clock. We look forward to it. Coach, best of luck. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Go Trojans. Well, don't look now, but we are coming up on the final weekend before city school students head back to class on Tuesday. So that means it is the last chance to make sure that your kids are fully prepared. And with that in mind, Nicole Feliciano, founder and CEO of Mom Trends, joins us this morning with what you need to round out your back to school stockpile, if you will. Uh, Nicole, first of all, where do we start for the little ones, let's start with the younger set. Well, first things first, to make sure the little ones are mentally ready for the back-to-school season, Byjuice Learning during Disney offers premium kits that help kids pre-K to third grade build math, language, reading, and core skills while playing alongside beloved Disney characters. Kids practice, play, and learn using interactive Osmo technology, magic workbooks, and hands-on activities that are personalized to your child's learning level. Self-paced learning and real-time feedback really comes in handy to build self-confidence for your kids. And you can get Byju's learning at Amazon, Walmart, and Target. Awesome stuff. Uh, so what about for the students who are maybe a little bit older? I have two high schoolers, my kids 14 and 17, so I feel this one. Um, from organization, daily reminders, visual, aid, visual aids, affirmations, and more, we know Post-it notes make sure that thoughts and minds stay front and center. And these Post-its 
sticky notes are now two times the sticking power. You can stick and restick and make sure that your ideas and reminders are with you wherever you study. The new collection features a variety of bright, bold, and pastel tones curated in partnership with the Pantone Color Institute. So there's something for everyone, whether at home, in the office, and of course, at school. All right, so uh, some things to, uh, uh, again, add to our uh, stockpile or kind of put there uh, on our radar screen. What are what can you offer in the way of tips uh, for the family? Again, as we get set to you know get set to this first day of uh, back to school, summer is over, getting back into the routine. Routine. Uh, have you got any uh, other tips for the family to uh, know and keep in mind as we head into this first week of school? Absolutely, it's great to keep a central calendar. So for us, we keep an old-fashioned paper calendar at it after dinner the night before to check what are the needs for the next day of school. Some people use digital or whiteboards, but it's something a visual set of references for the entire family. And set out as much as you can the night before. And I'd like to remind, especially with older kids, that labeling is super important. The kids' gear gets more expensive as they get older. Sports equipment, musical instruments, um, even my favorite coffee mug that's my mug. All of these get labeled. So when they leave the house, there's a much higher likelihood that they're going to come home. And this weekend is the perfect time for a little bit of inventory of what you already own. Uh, make sure everything's labeled in good shape. You could even wash out those backpacks and back-to-school boxes from last year. Uh, make sure there's no surprises in there for the first day of school. And all of Spending a little bit of time to help prep now is going to pay off on that first day. Absolutely. Again, Nicole Feliciano is founder and CEO of Mom Trends with what you need for uh, this final back to school preparedness uh, weekend here. And Nicole, where do we get more information? You can head to momtrends.com or follow on all of the social media channels at Trends. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. People will do anything to try and get out of trouble with the cops. Um, <laughs> I mean, to avoid a ticket or, heaven forbid, uh, to avoid being arrested. Um... Stacy Williams, Memphis, Tennessee, was pulled over last week and gave officers a fake ID. Uh, they caught her, and apparently uh, they found out that there was a warrant for her arrest. So as they tried to <laughs> as they tried to transport her to the police station, she got the brilliant idea of faking a seizure in, <laughs> in order to get out of going going to jail. <laughs> While she was being transported, police say she suddenly went into convulsions. Uh, the uh, cops called uh, EMS. When emergency crews arrived, they found no physical signs that she was actually having a seizure. She was <laughs> uh, she was just faking it to try and get out of uh, going to jail. So, so now uh, she has been charged with... Uh, <laughs> Criminal impersonation, as well as driving without a license and driving without insurance. <laughs> so she did not make matters 
uh, any better. In fact, she made things worse. But <laughs> that's a new one. Faking a seizure <clears throat> to try and get out of a, a trip to jail. Elsewhere in the broken news this morning, a Maryland man is facing charges after an argument over pizza got a little heated. Herbert Harris was arrested this week for second-degree assault in connection with an incident at a Papa John's pizza shop. Um, this is in, well, it says Maryland, but I don't know specifically where in Maryland. Anyway, uh, apparently... Deputies say uh, Mr. Harris came into the store and started arguing with an employee over an order that had been uh, that had been cooked wrong. Apparently, the order uh, was wrong. He had, uh, Mr. Harris had ordered pizza, uh, and it wasn't his order was wrong. And I think we've all experienced that, right? We've all placed an order in a restaurant, and you know it it is not right when you get it, and it is. It is very frustrating. Uh, Mr. Harris, an argument ensued during which Mr. Harris allegedly chased the pizza shop worker around the store and attacked him with a metal pizza paddle. (laughs) Attacked him with a metal pizza paddle. According to police, that's when the employee uh, slashed Mr. Harris with a pizza slicing tool. He claimed self-defense because he was being chased around with a metal pizza paddle. <laughs> this must have been quite a sight. Uh, the customer with the pizza paddle and the uh, <laughs> and the employee with the pizza slicer chasing each other around. Mr. Harris is expected to uh, fully recover. Uh, I think they're both facing charges, actually, as well they should be. But... <laughs> Deputies in California have recovered nearly 60 stolen watermelons. <laughs> now, this is big news. A f- uh, police officials say cops were called to an area in Merced County on a trespassing complaint. Authorities um, stopped the occupants of a vehicle leaving the property in question. They found in the back seat and the trunk of the car... More than, or nearly, 60 contraband watermelons. <laughs> the, the two men in the vehicle have been arrested. <laughs> 60, 60 watermelons. If somebody comes up to you on the street and says, Hey, want to buy a watermelon? <laughs> you know that it, it may be hot. <laughs> okay. A couple of other items from the uh, broken news this morning. Uh, Again, from uh, California, this from uh, Van Nuys, where an unidentified man turned heads in the middle of traffic, one for the accident where he crashed his truck, and then when he got out of his truck and tried to uh, run off, he was totally naked. Man was driving his pickup truck when he crashed it in Van Nuys. Thankfully, he appeared uninjured. Given the fact that he got out of the vehicle and began walking away from the scene naked. Now, it's not like he didn't have any clothes. He was carrying his clothes with him as he trotted barefoot down the street, but eventually decided that the clothes were slowing him down, apparently, and he dropped those and took off. (laughs) But he eventually threw his clothes on the ground. Bystanders 
seemed shocked. As they watched the naked man make his exit, one person caught the whole thing on video. Police, using the uh, public's video, eventually caught up with the unidentified person, took him to the hospital for a medical evaluation. (laughs) And finally, in the broken news this morning... Uh, This is, let this be a cautionary tale. Be careful when you reply to a group text. A group text in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, resulted in a mistrial in a murder case. A prosecutor involved in the case complained about Judge Peter Holden's decision not to allow a 911 call as evidence. So... The prosecutor was in this group text. The message was sent to current and former homicide prosecutors, uh, his uh, peers, the prosecutor's office. But here's the kicker. He sent it out to current and former homicide prosecutors, and it turns out the judge is a former homicide prosecutor. And so he was in on the group chat and saw the message. The uh, defense uh, attorney filed for a mistrial, which was granted by the judge. (laughs) Be careful who you are texting to in a group text. You never know. Lesson learned. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. Time for your daily download this morning. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. And again, we're talking about back to school and how often have, I think every parent has had to deal with this. <laughs> the kids may be being less than truthful about, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, whether they're ready, whether they have all their homework done, whether they're ready for the big test, uh, how they did on that pop quiz, <laughs> what, what their report card's going to look like. Uh, maybe kids are a little less than honest, but you know, it's not just the kids. If someone tells you that they never tell a lie, chances are they are lying. <laughs> this is this is according to a new study uh, commissioned by the Online Betting Guide, conducted by one poll on behalf of uh, Online Betting Guide. Uh, they find that the average person tells four lies a day. Four a day. Now, the reason why... Uh, this gambling uh, website commissioned this, is that when it comes to lying, 24% of people surveyed believe that they have a good poker face. You know, that they can pull it off when they are lying. Um, 37% believe overall they're pretty pretty good at, uh, you know, playing loose and fast with the truth. 37% say they're pretty good at lying. However, most people... 
53% believe that they can spot when someone else is being dishonest. 53% of Americans believe they are good at spotting a liar. Uh, the uh, research also revealed when people think it is okay to lie. I mean, there are some times when it's fine to tell a little white lie, right? 32% say when you're playing poker, it's okay to lie. Well, duh. I mean, you know, what is bluffing if not basically lying about it? And that's part and parcel to the game. I would think that that would be much higher. It says 32%. I would, I would guess it'd be like 90%. People, I want to play poker with the people who don't think it's okay to lie while they're playing poker. Anyway, 30% uh, say that it is okay to lie when someone asks you uh, if w what they think about their outfit, what they're wearing and if you don't like it, it's okay to lie about it and say, oh, it's beautiful. So is that a, an okay incident, uh, incident, instance to be less than honest? I would think so. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings if it's not going to, you know, if it's just something that you don't care about, if it's not something that's going to embarrass them, uh, it's just not something that you care for. I think it's okay to uh, fib a little on that, that situation. 27% say it is okay uh, to pretend that you like a meal when someone makes something that doesn't taste very good. You know, if your uh, wife or your husband you know, tries a new recipe and it's not really very good, it's okay uh, to try and spare their feelings and, you know, tell a little white lie. I would say, again, that's probably, that's probably true. The only risk that you run there in that particular instance, is if you are too good at lying, then maybe they make it again, <laughs> and you have to eat it a second time. But uh, anyway, just kind of uh, interesting, this uh, poll. The average American uh, lies four times a day. How does that compare to your habits? So all morning long, it has been been about uh, high school football, the uh, kickoff of the high school football season. And what do most people do? You go out to enjoy the game. You go out to eat afterwards, right? Yep. You go and and uh, go gather get, with friends. Yep. yep. Go get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So I thought this was kind of interesting since we're on the topic of food here. To okay. uh, My wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio. I'll get Good to morning. our recipes from Kyra's kitchen here in a moment. Uh, so you go out after the game yeah. and likely you're going to end up with uh, leftovers you're going to take home right, yeah. for, the, for the next day. So uh, Chef Lizzie Briskin is out with a list of the foods that just don't travel well. Uh, oh, okay. And, you when know you I mean? tailgate? When you tailgate okay. or okay. Uh, when you order delivery yeah. or, you know, things that can right. maybe not do so well uh, as you're taking them home right. as leftovers. Right. Uh, French fries, nachos, mm -hmm. and anything fried with breadcrumbs can yeah. become soggy yep. and lose it, their crispness yep. Yep. by the time they get home. Mm -hmm. So yeah. probably yeah. not best to no. either do delivery or... Right. You know, take the tailgate or whatever. Right. Grilled cheese may no longer be gooey. And mm. uh, yeah. And noodles, yep. noodles in soups can overcook. Yep. So yep. things that 
Uh, sandwiches can also become floppy if the contents contents yes. are too wet. Lettuce, the but, lettuce. Yeah. Well, and again, <laughs> lettuce left over in a bread, sandwich. Uh, <laughs> and and the bread <laughs> yeah. can become soggy. Yeah. Uh, just like. For the same reason, mm-hmm. the fries and the nachos and everything yeah. else, because you know it's bread. Yeah, based. if we ever have leftover subs, and the next day we want to eat one, I always have to take the lettuce off because <laughs> it's just like I can't do it. <laughs> do the fresh lettuce instead. Mm-hmm. The solution, she says, is to lay off getting fried foods delivered. Fried stuff okay. does not transport well, so okay. generally fried foods you should avoid. Uh, and if you are uh, getting a super salad. Uh, order components separately yep. and combine them at yep. home. Yep. So, anyway, just something kind of interesting yep. with respect to Makes uh, sense. foods. So, just like with your nachos, put your whatever you're going to have on top of your nachos in a crock pot. Have the, those in a crock pot yeah, ready go. to go. Right. Have your nachos on the side. There you go. Don't prepare it. So, uh, all the way. My wife, Kyra, is here. We've got another collection of uh, fun and easy recipes from Kyra's Kitchen uh, today with an Asian flair. Yes. So we start off with egg roll in a bowl. Yeah, I, I just like love this. that. It's egg roll in a bowl. <laughs> so take one pound of ground sausage, one 14-ounce package of coleslaw, um, two tablespoons of low-sodium soy sauce, um, one teaspoon of ground ginger, one teaspoon of garlic powder, a half a cup of green onions, and two tablespoons of spicy mayo, which that's optional. You don't have to do that. So cook your sausage, stir and crumble until cooked through. Uh, stir in your coleslaw mix, your garlic, your ginger, your soy sauce, your onions, and your spicy mayo. Cover for uh, Stir that up. Cover for about 10 minutes to cook down the coleslaw. Uh, mix, then remove the lid and um, let it uh, cook for a little while longer, especially if you like your cabbage a little bit like browner. Um, okay. Uh, and then stir occasionally and then until you're ready to serve and then drizzle with some sweet and sour sauce if you'd like. And there you go. Simple as that. Egg yep. roll in a bowl. Uh, to go along with that, uh, obviously, if you're going to do Asian, you've got to have some rice and yes. you've got mushroom rice yes. here. So one cup of long grain rice, one cup of mushroom sliced, one and a half to three cups of vegetable broth, uh, two tablespoons of butter, one to one and a half tablespoons of olive oil, an eighth cup of diced sweet onion, one tablespoon of minced garlic, one scallion sliced, and one teaspoon of dried parsley. So heat your olive oil in a skillet over high heat. Add your onion, garlic, and cook until soft and translucent, stirring occasionally. Um, Add butter and mushrooms and cook until mushrooms are golden brown. Uh, Add the uncooked rice to the skillet. Um, And then I let my rice... I let my rice brown a little bit mm-hmm. before I add my broth. Um, it just kind of, I don't know, I think it gives the rice a little bit of an extra flavor. Then add two cups of your vegetable stock, bring to a boil, and turn the heat down to a medium-low simmer so you give the rice time to cook. If the stock seems to evaporate quickly, like within the first five minutes, add a little more stock or water, mm-hmm. um, and then um, you don't have to put the lid on. I put the lid on. You don't have to, but I, I don't know. I just do. Okay. That's, Does that, I would imagine that uh, yeah. prevents the 
uh, yeah. stock from right. frying off. Oh, yeah. And all yeah. That kind of traps that moisture mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in there. Okay. Yep. So cook for about 15 minutes or until all the liquid has evaporated at the end of the cook time. Uh, you can add your scallions and some fresh parsley. Um, or dried parsley. I do dried parsley. Uh, stir the fries when ready to fluff it up and then maybe drizzle on a little bit more um, of your sweet and sour sauce mm-hmm. on top of that and serve. Okay. Uh, simple as simple as that. Very good stuff. Yeah, drizzle on some of that sauce. And, mm-hmm. and maybe some of that, um, oh, what am I thinking? Uh, the soy sauce. Soy sauce. Soy yep. sauce. Yep, uh, maybe you do that too. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for dessert, and I'm not sure that this is necessarily Asian, but nope. glazed chocolate mini muffins. Yes. So this was something I tried this past weekend, and I really liked them. And, yeah, they did come out and, really well. Yeah. And the big thing, usually um, when you go to like a Chinese restaurant, they'll do the deep fried like uh, mini like donuts or muffins. So I that's why. I oh, okay, this. okay. So that's yeah. the yes, tie-in that's there. the okay. tie-in. I so, gotcha. All yes. right. So so one cup flour, half a cup of sugar, quarter cup of cocoa powder, a quarter teaspoon or half a teaspoon of baking soda, quarter teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, one large egg, six tablespoons of sour cream. A quarter cup of milk, a quarter cup of vegetable oil, and then for your glaze, it's one cup powdered sugar, excuse me, two to three tablespoons of milk, and one teaspoon of vanilla. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. In a medium mixing bowl, combine the flour, sugar, cocoa powder, baking soda, and salt. In a small bowl, uh, beat together the vanilla, egg, sour cream, milk, and oil. Uh, then after that's all mixed up, stir the wet ingredients into the dry ingredients. Uh, mix that until it's con- combined. Spoon into greased or lined muffin pans. Bake for about 10 minutes or until the top spring back. Um, put your finger in the middle and, and it <laughs> springs back up. Or okay. you can do the toothpick, the toothpick thing, thing too. Thing, yep. uh, um, uh, usually with the mini muffins, it's just poop and it springs right back up and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, let them cool in the pan for a few minutes. Um, whisk together your powdered sugar, your milk, and your vanilla for your glaze. Um, and then I dunk each one of my mini muffins in. That I don't spread it on top. I kind of oh, okay. take, take my mini muffin, turn it upside down, dunk it into the glaze, there you go. bring it back. Makes it up. a lot easier, yep. I would think. Put it on yeah. a on a cooling rack and let it cool for about another five minutes and then enjoy. Good stuff there. So the uh, recipes for the egg roll in a bowl, the mushroom rice, and the glazed chocolate mini muffins are posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. We'll get them uh, linked up on the WFIN Facebook page as well. And of course, you can find them at goodmornings.net. The link will take you to those as well. So uh, places to find those recipes. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up on Monday, it is almost time for the 2022 Hancock County Fair. President Jeff Cole will join us with an early preview. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.